Welcome to the Loma Linda University Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by the message. Happy almost New Year, church. Come on now. Happy almost New Year. Man, what a blessing to be in the house of God this morning with you. Friends, it is so beautiful when God's people can step into a place amongst other believers and feel the encouragement and the warmth of that. But you know, sometimes December can be a downer of a month. Here we are at the end of the month, but the beginning, you start to think of the holidays and, well, there was one couple that had been married for 50 years. And they had two precious kids and they got that text at the beginning of the month. Mom, Dad, really sorry, but we won't be coming home for the holidays. The kids got things they want to do and places and, you know, those tickets and sorry. Ooh, Mom and Dad were definitely down about that. And the wife said to the husband, I think I'm going to have to call and, and tell her. She pulls out her phone. Sweetie. I need to tell you some news. Your father and I, we're getting a divorce. What? Mom? No. You don't do anything. Just just wait a minute. Click. What's she going to do? She pulls her phone back up. I got to call my brother, her only brother. Uh, did, Did you hear? Did you? Mom and dad, they're getting a divorce. What? A divorce? They're, they've been married 50 years. What are they going to do now? Divorce to who? What, come on now. And they have grandkids. And all oh, but, wait a minute. Click. Uh, son, confused. I'm calling dad. I'm calling dad. Oh, I'm going to give it to him. Hey, dad, what is up with you and mom? You've been married so long. You're not a spring chicken anymore. I know mom's got some things going. You're a little bit tough. At t- but come on. Listen, don't do anything. We're coming out on the first flight tomorrow morning. You stay put. (laughs) The husband winking at his wife. Uh, Yes, son. (laughs) Okay, okay. Sweetie, kids are coming home for the holidays. (laughs) We got them. And the best thing, they're paying for their own tickets. (laughs) I love that story. They had a little trick up their sleeves. They had a trick up their, you know, I love tricking my kids and have a little trick up my sleeves. I get kind of down low like this when they're kind of making a ruckus in the house. And I say, I got a secret to tell you. They quiet down right away. Secret? And then before I tell him, I look to the left and to the right to make sure the secret snatcher doesn't hear us. Get in close. And then they get real close. They put their ear like this to mine. Cucurico! I play with them, you know. But this morning, I got a secret I want to tell you. Why don't you get in close? Come on. You, you know. There we go. Get your ear like this. God has more for you this year. Come on, church. Let's go, believers. 
God has more for you this year. God has more of his blessings, more of his promises, more of his provision, more of what he has been yearning to give you. Some of you have been so satisfied at Christmas time with one of God's gifts. I'll just give you this. Wait, wait, wait though. He has decked out a whole tree just for you and you've been leaving everything behind. Why? I don't know. But this morning, if you want more from God, if you want more of his blessings, if you are yearning for more of what God has for you, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on, I'm talking to you. Watching online, stand up where you're at home. Come on now. Some of you just want to stay sitting. You're okay with just the basics. I get it. That's fine. That's fine. Some of you are easily satisfied. That's okay. But if you want more, I want you to stand. Come on. And now I want you to put a hand on someone next to you. You got no one with you? Find someone. Put a hand on someone next to you. And I want you to tell them, God has more for you. God has more for you. Those of you watching online, God has more for you. Okay, now I want you to tell them this next thing. This next thing. Here we go. This is the tough one. But. But you need the new mind, the new mentor, and a walk in faithfulness. Come on, tell someone next to you. Tell yourself if you're watching online. Let's go. You see, it's tough. It's tough. There's always a but it feels like, isn't there? But for what God's going to do in your lives, it is going to require those three things, the new mind, the new mentor, and a walk in faithfulness. Pray with me now as we're standing. Holy God, Spirit, Jesus and Father, Holy Trinity, we come before you this morning. And I am praying for my friends who are here, those in this place and watching online today, right now. God, they are yearning for more. You see them standing, standing in their hearts, standing right now. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would help them discern the counsel of your word. Jesus, would you nourish them with your grace? And Father, would you grant them the blessing of your mind over them? Speak in spite of me, Lord, in this moment, God. Do a great work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a seat. We're going to get right into the text this morning. Here we go. Listen to this. The Bible passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Come on. Those of you who have got a real Bible, real believers, come on. Let's go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and beginning in verse 6. Don't get lost on Instagram when you open it up on your phone. <laughs> verse 6, here we go. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden that God destined for our glory before time began. 
None of the rulers of the age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified our Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, or the mind conceived of the blessing God has prepared in advance for those who love the Lord. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come of the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they only that is only discerned through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, here Paul gets right into it. He says he is speaking to the mature believers. This is a community of people that he discipled, nurtured, taught about the things of God. He was a missionary that fulfilled the words of Jesus there in Matthew 28. Go into all the world. Teach them all that I have commanded you. And lo, baptize them that they might know me and love me. And that's exactly what Paul did there in Corinth. And so he now wants to write a letter to those that he had been discipling for so long. He takes the time to call them mature believers. And then he ends with saying that these mature believers have the mind of Christ. You know, a lot of us get caught up in the middle of the section, the middle of this passage. We're excited. Whoo, I want the more of Jesus. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend the great things God has for me. Lord, I'm waiting for that new job. God, I'm waiting for that full bank account. Lord, I'm waiting for that new car. Lord, I'm waiting for a revival in that marriage. I'm waiting for my coworkers to get baptized. God, I'm waiting for the great things you have for me. But how many of us want the mind of Christ? How many of us are ready for the buts? But the new mind, the new mentor, and to walk in faithfulness. You see, Jesus helps us with the clarity of understanding what this new mind in Christ is. John chapter 16 tells us that those who abide in Christ will receive the spirit of Christ. Paul then later gives us a little bit more clarity in Galatians 5 that the spirit of God looks like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you have the Spirit of God over you, your life looks different. It just does. People experience someone who they see, wow, there's something about this person. You know, people say there's four Gospels. There's actually five. You're supposed to be the fifth. Your life is supposed to be a sermon that people read and they understand who Jesus is. Ellen White so beautifully puts this in a little tiny booklet called Help in Daily Living. <clears throat> The badge of Christianity is not an outward sign, not the wearing of a cross or a crown, but that which reveals the union of man and woman with God. 
by the power of his grace manifested in the transformation of character, the world is to be convinced that God sent his son as its redeemer. No other influence that can surround the human soul has such power as the influence of an unselfish life. The strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a loving and lovable Christian. Wow. Now, some of you are already like putting up your guards. Wait a minute. You're talking about I need to work for my salvation. Are you even Protestant? Do you understand what Martin Luther nailed to the, to the wooden book door? By faith we are saved and not by works, but so that anyone should boast. No, I am saved by faith, brother. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about salvation here. But what I am talking about is your impact, your influence, and your blessings. Because some of us are still so far in rebellion against the mind of Christ that we are taking ourselves and others deeper into darkness. You wonder if something is from the Lord? Just ask yourself, am I becoming more anxious, lacking peace, uncontrolled unfaithfulness? Or are you finding yourself walking in Jesus, finding a sense of wholeness and, and walking in faithfulness? You'll very easily know. The Bible tells us here in 1 Corinthians 2 that there are only two mindsets. Verse 6 tells us that there is the wisdom of the age and the wisdom of God. There are only two, just two. A lot of times we want to say, well, there's this in-between, there's this lukewarm. No, listen, Jesus says the lukewarm is spit out. It is of the demonic. It is not of God. Some of you are like, whoa, pastor, getting up that tight. Come on now. It's church. There's only two things in this life. Jesus tells us there are those who are for me and against me. If you're not for him, you're part of Satan's side. Some people that are in your life are not a source of truth in you. They are not leading you closer to faithfulness. There are some inputs into your life, things you're watching, ingesting, reading, the spaces of your coworkers that are not leading you into the wisdom of the kingdom to come. Some people are leading you in the wisdom of this age. The text tells us that the wisdom of this age and its rulers are against the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ in a mature believer. Let me say that again. The wisdom of this age and its rulers are against the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ in the mature believer. You've got to be doing a check on what's coming into your life, into your home, into your children's lives, into your family, into your spaces. You have to ask yourself, is this of God? Is this a wisdom that will lead me closer to who he wants for me to be? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tells us that do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some of us are so preoccupied as David Brooks in his book, The Road to Character with the Resume Virtues polishing the exterior of our resumes, the exterior of our life. Have you seen the things I've done? Do you know the stuff I've written? Do you know the positions that I've held, young man? Do you understand how many kids I bore? 
Do you get the kind of family and life we have? Do you understand my home? Do you know everything that I have done? The resume virtues, the things you can put down on a piece of paper. David Brooks challenges us to, though, cherish and spend more time working on the eulogy virtues of the inner life. The eulogy virtues are those things you hope people would recount one day when you die. And you hope that you possess a lot of those virtues so that your family and friends and those you've lived around can say, man, this person made an indelible positive impact in my life. I've been to funerals before where at the very end you turn around, man, there was barely anyone there. And then you hear about the person and they were a jerk. They were nasty. The stuff you heard about there, man, people had to stretch the truth to say anything good about them. And you know, you think that all these resume virtues people will be proud of, but at the end of your life, you wish that your eulogy virtues that only can be given by the mind of Christ would have been your greatest primary priority. I'm not saying don't focus on doing the best you can in this life. But you have to realize that when we have the primary of the external life as our focus, we miss out on what God truly has for us. Are you missing out on the best that God has for you because you've been so focused on the wrong mindset? You see, you'll know very quickly in your life if you are struggling with anxiety within and hatred for others instead of peace, joy, and love, you've been working too hard on the resume virtues. If you find yourself always in a rush and a usury of others instead of cherishing and being kind, you know you've been dwelling upon the wisdom of this age too much. When you find yourself quick to anger and fear instead of goodness and gentleness, you know you've been sitting with the wisdom of the age too much. When you find yourself in unethical, unfaithful, and careless actions more regularly in your life rather than the consistent faithfulness and self-controlled movements in your life, you know that the wisdom of this age has been your preoccupation. And so what do we do as believers who yearn that Christ would use us, that we would be a greater blessing, that we would get more from God? I get it. Life is hard. I have three kids, wife in residency, professor, pastor. I'm doing a lot in my life. Our family has a lot going on. I get it. I struggle at times. And some of you are like, bro, I got even way more. You don't even understand the financial issues, the tough. The, the, I don't have time. Listen. Jesus was really clear with people like that. His disciples who were trying to flex. Ooh, Jesus, we couldn't stay awake because we had a lot going on this week. A lot. And Jesus looks at them there in his time of need as they are failing. And he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so what do we do then as believers? We've got to have the right source coming into our life. I'll give you an illustration of that just right now for a moment. If you want to walk in faithfulness in your life, you've got to be drinking from a pure, clean source. For the mature believer with the mind of Christ, that's point one to write down, you need clean water. Clean water. 
But then you're about to crack this open and you're about to drink the pure, clean water that you know is good and right for you. And then someone says, wait, 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 wait a moment. I got something for you. Look at that. Camera zoom in on that. This, this is new and improved. And they're trying to sell you, man, this stuff has been imported. Not that arrowhead spring thing from here. This, this is fresh. And guess what? It's organic. <laughs> yeah, I can see it's organic. There's like grass and sticks and twigs in this. This looks like my kid's mud pie soup they want me to drink. No, but you don't understand. This is going to help you. This will elevate you. This is the wisdom you've been needing. You're, you're spending time with this cliche stuff your pastor talks about. Bro, if you want to get somewhere in life, you need this. But you see, the Bible tells us there in the book of Psalms that your word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. Your word is that. Solomon, in all his wisdom, fell into foolishness, not listening to his own advice that he probably recounted later after his mistakes. Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So many of us are relying on this source, thinking that it's going to get us somewhere. It'll help you you got to check your inputs. A lot of us are consumed with distraction. You might not be in open rebellion against the mind of Christ, those who continue to lead others in darkness, but you might be a believer like the most of us who are distracted. And distractions are the greatest dream killers. The wisdom of this age preoccupies even our little unfocused attention. Oh, this is, oh, 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 let me get on my phone. I got to check, I go, hey, I got to watch, I got I to gotta be here. This person said, I got to, instead of quieting our soul, sitting at a pure source, a lot of us have missed out opportunities, blessings. You've left presence under the tree God had for you because you have been distracted. The text here tells us you've been calling what God had for you foolish. Listening to people trying to tap you into dirty, devious, unfaithful, lazy, and unneeded wisdom of the age. And so I need you to write down again in that point one, for the mature believer, the mind of Christ requires clean water. You can neglect God's word. You can. You can reject the counsel of God's word. But if you want to walk into everything that God has for you for this next year, you've got to be aligning with God's word. You have to. This year I'm so excited if you saw the announcement. We are reading again God's word together as a community. Pastor Randy gave a great appeal. We're reading the Chronological Bible in the New Living Translation this year. And we want you to join us in that. As a pastoral team, we've made that commitment. 
And it's hard. I get it. I struggle at times to read through the whole thing. There's been seasons where it's just, oh, Lord, I got to love. But your faithful perseverance in the word will pay dividends into eternity. But some of you are like, Pastor, listen, man, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I can't, I can't seem to do the good things God has for me. I can't seem to walk in faithfulness. I just keep messing up. I get it. I get it. And Paul gets it too. And so that's why he says, if you yearn for what more you need in this next year, Paul tells us that you need the Spirit. It says that the Spirit searches all things and knows the deep things of God. The Gospels tells us that Jesus came to baptize with water, but also with the fire of the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God to embolden and help you. I love this quote by John Bloom. He, he writes this, such a thoughtful quote. He says that every good resolve requires the power of God because the outcomes he wants are bigger than we can produce. You see, God wants to do typically more than we even desire for ourselves. And that's why Jesus says, it is the Spirit who gives life. For the flesh is of no use. You've been trying to do so much, brother, by yourself. Sister, I've seen you striving with all your might, but you need the baptism of the Spirit. You need to ask that God would live within you. You need that so desperately. And the thing is, write this down, point two. Only the Spirit of God can sustain and empower you for more. Get to know Him. Verse 14 tells us that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish. You know, the sad reality is that sometimes we, we see God's good gifts. People tell us wonderful advice. You're, you're given great things and you squander it. I squander it. Because we look at God's things and we call it foolish. We don't need that. No, that's not for me. No, no, no. I, I know what I need. But you see, brother and sister, this is the moment that you and I need to take in. The truth of God's word the Spirit of God, and then we need to walk in faithfulness. You and I need to then take that next good step in your life. For me, that faithful act was picking up an umbrella this morning. It was raining, and I didn't want to get wet. You see, an umbrella is a covering I don't want to get what the world has to give right now. I want to remain dry and set on Christ. I'm taking in the word. I'm, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit. And now it's your turn, your movement to make that next faithful step. You know what's right, then move in it. But God, you know, I know your word says that I need to align myself romantically with someone that's spiritually equal with me. But, but you know, people say you just need to be happy. I'm getting older. God, I know your word says that I need to be faithful to my spouse, but you know, my coworkers, they tell me that my wife's kind of plain and she's just not got a lot going on and I could do better. 
God, I know that your word says to be faithful in your tithes and offerings, but Lord, you know I got stuff to do. I have pills to pay. I got things to do, God. Lord, but I know your word. I know, I know, I know. Friend, when you know the truth, when you have the spirit of God, and you know what you're called, you got to move in it. Take that next faithful step, for it will be your covering of faithfulness. Some people are messing around without the faithful steps, and they can't see clearly. The rain's hitting them. The storm is raging. And they're picking up the impure things of this world, the wisdom of the age, not realizing it will not lead them to wholeness, to happiness. But when you are walking in faithfulness, you're cracking open the pure water of God, you're drinking from living sources, the Spirit of God emboldens you to keep walking in faith. You keep moving that direction. Listen, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. God tests his people. I'm serious. Some of you are like, whoa, wait, what? What did it look like in the Bible characters? I'll take the, I'll take the umbrella down. Moses had to circumcise his kids and family. Whoo. Samson had to keep his hair long and refrain from alcohol. Joseph had to stay in prison for a season. Mary and Martha had to wait for the miracle of the resurrection. And God calls you to the same radical faithfulness. Again, we're not talking about salvation, but we are talking about you getting more from God. You living into the dreams that the Lord has had for your life for so long. You feeling a greater sense of passion and calling that you've never felt. It requires you and I to be faithful. Paul in Ephesians 4.1 says, A prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, live in a manner worthy of the calling you've received. Luke 16.10, Whoever has been trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You see, God tests his people to reveal the genuineness of their faith. That's a very clear passage in Luke. It's your and my season right now to take that next step of faithfulness. You see, the beautiful thing is that when you walk in that and you're walking in his light and his blessings, you can't but help to share with other people the gift that God has been in your life. In a week's time, we have a revival experience coming up. You maybe saw the unbelievable little card that's in the back. I want you to grab one of these. Because when you've tasted and seen of the goodness of God, you can't but help share this with people. Working out with my trainer and friend in the gym, and, and I'm like, hey, listen. This buddy you know, let's tell him about the revival happening next week. Hey, there is something. You got to come. You, it's amazing. You got to be there. Some of us are like, um, hey, hey, there's this one thing. You got to come. Uh, I don't know if I'll be there. But speak in confidence of the great things God's done in your life. And pray that others might encounter that too. When you're walking in faithfulness, it's easy to declare the goodness of God. But even when you are in your unfaithful season, know that the Lord is merciful. You see, the thing is, God is like a great artist who is painting and orchestrating your life. Picking the great solo for you to play. And he wants the very best for you. But do you want the best for yourself? Today, my appeal is to you, choose this year to walk in faithfulness. Get connected with the clean source of water. 
ask to receive the Holy Spirit and move in the first faithful direction. Amen. Find more podcasts, videos, church events, and how you can support the Loma Linda University Church at lluc.org.